Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. <laughs> what, is, what is faith? In Hebrews 11th chapter 1st verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. One playwright wrote that it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's belief when no one else believes. Dr. King says if you believe in something, you will fall for anything. This podcast is about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness of mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in the world. There is goodness in this world, but it begins with our faith. you got to have faith. Yes, you do. <laughs> All right. Craig Dickerson, Reg Clay here. And uh, how you doing, Craig? I'm doing great, Reg. Fantastic. Uh, let's, let's start off with a, uh, a prayer. All right. Why don't you lead us in? Sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, waking us up this uh, wonderful Saturday. We pray for the, uh, the individuals in, um, in Texas and also in uh, Florida uh, dealing with uh, Hurricane Irma right now. We pray that everyone is safe. We uh, pray that uh, the work that we do uh, in this podcast will reach out to people. We understand there are people who believe in this. There are some that don't believe. But we want to reach to to everyone uh, to open up um, conversation, discussions, um, uh, even constructive criticism. But we do this in, in your name, Lord. We want to um, to um, to praise you, to to uplift your name, and we pray that you work through us. And that you um, you bless us, and that our words will bless others. In Jesus' name, we pray. Jesus' name, name, we pray. Amen. All right. All right. Welcome. All right. So, how was your week? Oh man, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. Uh, my sister's in Florida. Oh goodness. Right oh yeah. What, what part of Florida? Uh, well, the part where she's shutting herself in and oh. sent her daughter to her uh, up to Orlando, and okay. she's she's holding up. Yeah. She's gonna hold out. Until maybe find out what happens today, because I think uh, the storm's getting ready to like really strike about tomorrow afternoon. Well, I heard that it's, it's already hit the the uh, the southeastern. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, western part of western uh, Florida. Part. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, she's category on, four. It's it's dying, but it's not. You know, it's still very strong. Yeah, she, she's on she's on the Atlantic. Oh, the Atlantic. Oh, that, well, that's good news for her. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe well, it's still speculative, but. Last week it was my uncle in Houston. This week oh, it's goodness. my sister in Florida. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't know about relocating to the, the south. Uh, you know, people said, "Oh, it's it's cheap there." I'm like, "Well, I think I know why." So thoughts with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah everybody yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah, like you said. Yeah. All right. So I guess we're going to talk about Matthew, 18th chapter, uh, 15 through 20. Verse. Yeah. With the focus today, I guess we're going to. Pointed to as we as as I told you last week, where these are suggested verses for um, for all kinds of uh, mm-hmm. Christian faiths uh, that uh, suggested to you mm-hmm. know, their particular reverend or, or pastor yeah. to uh, to move forward in you know some kind of coherent way. Yeah. So everybody's on the same page. So this week, uh, one of the uh, focuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, can be <laughs> uh, exactly Matthew eighteen verses verses fifteen through through twenty. Yeah, and this is uh, Jesus speaking to his disciples. Uh, he's been talking to them, basically giving them instruction. Um, and this is this is a uh, focus on 
forgiveness. So I'll just go right into it. And I'm reading uh, from the NIV version, verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if the two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. But where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. And there you go. Yeah. Well, that's a lot to swallow now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And uh, there, there's some wonderful things even prior to that uh, where he talks about the greatness of the kingdom of heaven and the, the parable, the wonderful parable of the lost sheep. The lost sheep and the parable of the unforgiving slave. Right. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, Actually, I, I like to read about the the unforgiving slave. Uh, what yeah, do you, mind if I, do you mind if I jump on go that? Go for it, go for it. So this is like a little bit directly following Mm-hmm. Um, what we just, what Reg just read, and mm-hmm. then uh, uh, it's twenty twenty one, eighteen twenty one. Yeah, verses uh, and twenty one through uh, through uh, thirty five. Right. And I've got a, I've got the Common English New Testament, mm-hmm. so it may be different from yours. It may be different from other people's. Mm-hmm. But essentially, uh, uh, Christ is asking, or his disciples are asking him, how. You know how best to deal with uh, conflict resolution and 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 stuff involving uh, mm-hmm. you know their work, their mission. You know, right now with 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 Jesus and onward, mm-hmm. and, uh, Jesus is not going to be with them anymore. Yeah. A, so um, it says then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Should I forgive them as many as uh, seven times? And Jesus said, not just seven times, but rather as many as Seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, they brought to him a servant who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Because that servant didn't have enough money to pay it back, the master ordered that he should be sold along with his wife and children and everything he had, and that the proceeds should be used as payment. But the servant fell down, kneeled before him, and said, Please be patient with me. I'll pay it back. The master had compassion on that servant, released him, and forgave him the loan. When the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred coins. He grabbed him around the throat and said, Pay me back what you owe me. Then his fellow servant fell down and begged him, Be patient with me, and I'll pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he threw him into prison until he paid back his debt. Well, when the fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply offended, and they came and told their master all that had happened. His master called the first servant and said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you appealed to me. Shouldn't you also have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? 
His master was furious and handed him over to the guard to be responsible for punishing prisoners until he had paid his whole debt. And Jesus continues, My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Yep. And actually, I think that, that this what you just read is probably even more powerful than I think the 15 through uh, 20 because it gets to the heart. Forgiveness. It gets to the nuts and bolts. Right. But it doesn't in such a, a, a severe kind of allegory mm-hmm. here that uh, poor Peter, I mean, we were talking about, you know, this is Matthew recounting, you know, Peter. And I think, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Peter last week. Peter was a doer. Yeah. Not really a thinker. Right. He was... He was he was the Malcolm X to your Martin Luther. <laughs> they right, Martin yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he was a man of action, right, and not really, you know, not really thinking about yeah consequences ahead of that action. And mm-hmm. so Peter is going, well, you know, I'll forgive somebody. Hey, I'll forgive him seven times. How's that? Yeah, and we talked about Peter being a simple man. Uh, there was a um, you had brought to me. We didn't do it on the uh, on the podcast, but you we were talking about. Jesus walks on the water, and then Peter walks on the water. Yes, Peter. Peter gets out of the boat. What, what, was, what was the Bible verse? What was the? Um, oh gosh, I forget which one. It, but it, yeah, okay. I think it's in Matthew as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll we'll uh, refer to that. Yeah. But um, I'm sure somebody can like <laughs> whoever's going like no, it's that one. Right. <laughs> yeah. But but any case, um, Peter is a doer. I mean, Peter is a simple man who who says you know Jesus says hey this is how you need, things need to be done. He does it. And he does it without, I mean, I just read, uh, there's the, um, about the child, uh, hold on, that's uh, 18 verse 1, uh, oh, actually 2, yeah. yeah, he called a little child and had him stand among them, and he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven, therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest kingdom of heaven. And so I just read uh, 18, this is Matthew 18, verse 3. Mm-hmm. And so it all the, reminds me of that. Yeah, in all, these, uh, in all this 18, this mm-hmm. is, uh, these are the disciples, um, you know, kind of having a round table, mm-hmm. um, getting, you know, trying to get some real concrete, you know, wisdom mm-hmm. about, you know, what do we do in this case? What do we do in this case? Right. And, and Christ is giving them... All these different parables. The mm-hmm. one I just mentioned, the parable of the unforgiving servant. Right. Um, and poor Peter, um, you know, steps up and, you know, poses the question, you know, how many times do I need to forgive? And Christ says, you know, well, uh, you, you forgive them 700, t- 70 times. Yeah, 77 yeah. times. Uh, you just keep on doing it. Right. And, it and, and then he proceeds to tell him a parable about what happens when... Mm-hmm. You only get one shot, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a and it, it's a it's a trick. He's messing with Peter. He is. I mean, and and all the other disciples who mm-hmm. are listening too. It's a it's a bit of a he's messing with them. He he's, he's sort of saying like, yeah, I can't tell you what's going to happen when you do forgive them, mm-hmm. but I can certainly draw you a picture of what happens when you don't. Right. And I I think what God is, I mean, what Jesus is clearly saying is the only person who has the authority to not forgive or to punish uh, what have you is God. 
This, he is the master. In the, in the parable, That's yeah. right. He is the, the master parable. in the parable. And I think what we were talking about how, like, Christianity and, and religion in general sometimes, and specifically in others, mm-hmm. is a real turn-off. Sure. Because this is not, you know... I mean, you know, the Bible has a bad habit of telling us what we need to hear instead of what we want to hear. <laughs> and, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and, and sometimes and sometimes people use it to, uh, you know, to cast judgment on others rather than to, that's right. you know, relieve it. And I can see how this could be interpreted as like, mm-hmm. well, you know, he had he had it coming, right? But, yeah, but you but you have to. We were talking last week about how Christ told certain parables to the general public and, mm-hmm. and other lessons he saved for, you know, the people he chose to, you know, be disciples, yeah. to, to follow this discipline. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could argue, you know, that, you know, the slave getting getting the torture was his retribution, just mm-hmm. as our sin and hell fire is retribution for, mm-hmm. you know, for our behavior here, on, you know, on earth. Right. But, uh, and that's sort of some of what I was mm-hmm. taught growing up, you yeah. know, in some in some faiths. Yeah. And, you know, that's, uh, there's that stick, yeah. you know, you know. And what, one of the problems that I have with some, with certain Christians, especially evangelical Christians, is that they take it upon themselves to be the judgment. Mm-hmm. We will punish you or we will judge you or we will use the Bible to condemn you for, you know, the sins that we, you know, that we place upon you as if we are the master and we justify reading the Bible, not realizing that God himself can can judge. You know, if we are punished because of our sins, that God, I don't have the right as a Christian to punish someone else. That's not my objective. That's not the reason why I am a Christian. That's not why Jesus wants me. That's not why I was baptized mm-hmm. in the name of Christ to punish someone else. My my um, uh, my my reverend at, at my church mm-hmm. said, you know, it's so it's so funny because I'm I'm constantly asked, you know, because he interacts with all kinds of people mm-hmm. who are having all kinds of like conflict, and, yeah. and he's asked, you know, he's asked to judge, you know, because. You know, he's our father. He's our spiritual leader. Mm. And he goes, that's one of the great things about, you know, about me is, and my connection with, with God is I'm free of that. I, I, I don't have to do any of that. It's not on me right. at all. It's such a relief, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other people feel the duty to, that they need to judge others. He's like, oh, it's so relaxing not having to do stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> Do you mean when, when parishioners come to him as a pastor to say, can you resolve, can you be the, I don't know, the arbitrator of... I'm not sure what specifically he was talking I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he's exposed to lots of different you yeah. know, people wanting him to kind of like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. help me figure this one out, Father, because I, I sure can't do it. You <laughs> right. Know, whatever. Yeah. And you and I were talking, we had breakfast today about when we deal with forgiveness, a lot of times we have to focus on what exactly are we forgiving someone of? It shouldn't really matter. But it's easier for me to forgive someone if it's a slight thing, like, I don't know, someone owed me $5 and they didn't pay me or something like that. I mean, that's a simple thing. Yeah, well, what, what, let me ask you a question. I'm sure. just going to be real go, direct with you, Rich. Go for it. Um, go for it. What, and and, I, and I'll share with you, too. Sure. But she, 
think about it and share with share with me. Yeah. Um, and think about it for a few minutes. I'll I'll, I'll give you some time. But think about the. Okay. Uh, um, I didn't want to just snap at you, but uh, go for it. Well, how have you, how have you experienced uh, forgive, forgiving mm-hmm. really recently? Um, can you? I mean, I'm putting you on the spot, but it's okay. Yeah. I don't know about recently. I have to uh, think about that because I don't. You know, when we talk about when we talk about um, forgiveness, uh, you know, someone has had to wrong me. Did someone really, really wrong? Or maybe me? you, you need. But I, I can are you, are you were forgiven, or, you know, uh, well, uh, or, or for me to ask for forgiveness? Yeah, or either, either one. You know, the one the thing that pops in my mind is my relationship with my mom, mm-hmm. my uh, my biological mom who passed away. So this is a very personal story, but basically, for a long time, I did not talk with my mother for twelve years, from eighty five to ninety seven. Um, I went through a lot of stuff as a child. Um, I'm not going to say abuse. I think, uh, you know, in, in the black community, you know, they, they, we've, we've, Norman and I have talked about, you know, discipline and corporal punishment, the belt, that sort of stuff. Oh, and, oh yeah. And yeah I, 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 I know that. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to go through that? Yeah. I think, I think of a particular age you go through that. But. Yeah, I think everybody read the same book back then. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, there, there were a lot of things that happened when I was young that should not have happened, and I, I don't have to go any further than that. And so I was bitter. I was very bitter, and um, m- um, Mom, to make a long story short, sort of disappeared. You know, I... Stayed with my dad for a little bit, and um, so my mom missed a lot of things. She missed my graduation from college, from from high school, and um, the productions that I've been in. She's never been involved in that. And I said, "Well, you know what? The hell with it. I don't. I don't need her. I'll just. I'll, I. I don't need to deal with it. And if she wants my forgiveness, well, the hell with it. I'm, I'm not going to. I just." I don't need it. And you were an adult at that time, right? I was. And, and so you said, I can make this decision. I, I can make this decision for myself. I right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Okay. But I realized, and this gets a little psychological, I realized there was something missing. I guess there were two things going on. Number one, I realized there was something missing in my life mm-hmm. where I needed to to connect with her. Mm-hmm. And it dealt with my relationship with uh, with women, and um, I mean, there, there are all sorts of issues that goes along with that. But the other thing was, I believe that my holding back my forgiving mom was a sin, and if I did not resolve this sin, then it could mean internal damnation for myself. I really, really believed in that, mm. and um, so that lit a fire under it, huh? It did, and it was it was sort of a small burning thing. I mean, I had relatives say, "Oh, you need to call your mom. You need to call your mom." I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it sort of grew and grew and grew. It's like a small pot boiling mm-hmm. on the stove, and you couldn't ignore it. Yeah, for so a while, it, yeah. in the very beginning, it was you know small, 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 and then all of a sudden, the whistle's blowing. Mm-hmm. And there was a point where she really, really needed. I mean, you know, at, in '85, you know, she was. You know, um, she had a great job, and she was, you know, vigorous, and um, she didn't really need any forgiveness. And to be quite honest, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you can really humble yourself and say, listen, please, please forgive me. Mm -hmm. And she had hit rock bottom, and um, I knew that she needed me, and I I sort of needed her, too. And I had to realize I'm running away from her, and it's based on fear. It's based on really nothing tangible. This is based on just things that are, that you know that that are going on inside of me and if i don't approach her then i won't heal personally within myself so thanksgiving 1997 i went to seattle and you know we had hugged it was wonderful it was a burden that just dropped off for me which relates to the verse 
that we're that we're talking about. Uh, I think there's verse. Was it uh, eighteen? Eight, eight, no, no, no. It's um, it is. Uh, hold on. It's eighteen verse eight. No. If your hand and your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and to be thrown into an eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. And you and I have talked about that, right? Yeah, it's a and and again, this is like and one of those things where it, taken literally, yeah. like like so many of these televangelists oh, sure. demand yeah. view of the scripture. Uh, you know, I think it it misses so much if you don't see this as a metaphor yeah. towards a way of life and not a prescription for others right. to live. Right, right. Um, I think that's why we talk about our faith and open it. Mm-hmm. Our faith is because. The whole idea is to stretch that, mm-hmm. you know, that metaphor out so that it, you know, so that it can reach, you know, a, a people mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a broad way, but also in a specific way, and, sure. and not and not help them judge yeah. others. I mean, I can interpret this scripture as well that 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 thing that uh, that virus that's inside of me that I had to cut out. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was my mom, and I need to just remove that. That would be the wrong way of interpreting that. Well, you know. I, yeah, you and, and and that's entirely possible mm-hmm. to interpret it that way. Yeah, oh, I lost my piece of paper. <laughs> oh, I found it. Okay. The other thing I was thinking of is in that parable of the servant. Yeah, you know, wh- you know, it, you know. There's there's those who would argue that his hell and torture mm-hmm. began when uh, <clears throat> master and had discovered that he had not shown the quality of mercy that was shown to him. But right. I would argue that his torture began much, much earlier. Right. His torture and hell, mm-hmm. in quotations, I'm using air quotes, you can't see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, started the moment he didn't forgive the servant who owed him money. Right. Um, because that's when he started missing out on what the whole meaning of that mercy and love and forgiveness was. That's right. It wasn't just what benefited him. Mm-hmm. It was the way in which he was being instruct, instructed to benefit himself to others. Yeah. And you can – I think you had to go back and forgive that young man mm-hmm. even though you were grown up and, right. and and could quote – you know, could make your own decisions. Yeah. You didn't have to fear the belt or anything else. You could – Right. You know, you knew that that was all an abstraction in the past at that time. Mm-hmm. And here you are – some 12 years later, yeah, and you're a different young man. Right. And you have to go back and forgive the young man from 12 years ago mm-hmm. who didn't know how mm-hmm. to accept, you know, mm-hmm. mercy and forgiveness and pass it on. Right. Well, you know? yeah, and I... I it was and, just and, a, and others. It was just all that time. Well, sure. That was your. That was your hell. Yeah. You know, torture. And you have to understand. I mean, when people talk about the difficulty of forgiveness, they talk about, "Well, my God, look at what look, look what happened to me, and why am I doing that? And look at what someone did to me." And they focus on the pain mm-hmm. rather than letting go, and how wonderful it is when you do let go. Mm-hmm. 
Now, when I was a child, of course, you know, I did, you know, deal with pain and, and all of that sort of stuff. I think other people suffered way, way, way more than me. I think when we're children, we exaggerate things and we embellish. Oh, my God, it's <laughs> so painful or what have you. And, you know, it's like and then when you and as you're an adult and you experience the adult life now, ironically, the time that I was old enough to forgive mom, I was the same age mm-hmm. as she was when she <laughs> was, you know, going, you know, giving me absolute hell. And I was like, okay, now I understand what she had to go through because I've never raised a child before. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, you start to kind of like be a little bit more objective about right, it. Right, right, exactly. And it's the objectivity and understanding, okay. I'm holding on to a grudge that has no relevance anymore. Mm-hmm. I really need to just let this go. And that's, that's the thing that I think about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. How important is the argument? How important is this thing, this grudge, whatever it is mm-hmm. that you have? I, and, and, the, and the really, I don't want to put a downer on anything because mm-hmm. really, you know, I think I'm proud, proud of what you did. Yeah. Not everybody can do that. Right. And uh, right. <coughs> these teachings in Matthew don't really show how to forgive. Right. They basically talk about the repercussions of not being able to. Right. And and I have to tell you from my experience, I can share. Absolutely. Is that sometimes the older you get, yeah, the more difficult it oh, becomes. Of course. Because you know, you talk about that pain and when you were a kid, how you exaggerate that pain, yeah. and how it's just like, ah, <laughs> right, you know? Right. And, you know, you understand pain. As an adult, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I can speak for myself, you become inured to pain. Sure. It becomes kind of just it's kind that, of bad that limb that you'll, you, you, is diseased, and you don't cut it off because you're just used to it. Sure. I can give you an example, like for the, about when I came to my church, which was last October. Yeah. I wasn't, I, I say I just wandered in. I was actually looking to make lots of changes in my life. Mm-hmm. I had decided to, I want, you know, I talked to Daisy about it and she just pushed me through it. Mm-hmm. I said, go, go, go. You know you want to. Mm-hmm. And I did. I put it off for a long, long time before I actually walked in the door mm-hmm. and started, you know, you know, immersing myself. Yeah. But <coughs> I had worked at this awful job for nine years mm. and I was still there. Yeah. And I just, oh, I hated, I hated my boss. Mm. I said, good. Oh, it's just nasty man. Mm. Just horrible to me and, mm. to, and, and, to, and to everything. And I was just like, I hated it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, it would make me sick to go to work. It would yeah. make me physically ill, and it was just awful. So I, I go to church with that yeah. on my mind. I'm just like, i got to change this. I got, man, i got to get out of here. And I yeah. pray, oh, please, Lord, please let me out of here. Find me anything. Mm-hmm. You know, a straight jacket would be a better <laughs> fit right now. Right, right, And within a few months, I would say three months, I had left that job, mm-hmm. found two other jobs. Oh, there you go. Which were more successful. Yeah. Yeah, more lucrative. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was relaxed and happy and mm-hmm. accepted where I was. Yeah. Embraced even. Mm-hmm. And I... I hadn't experienced this. And I would wake up and I'd still have this grudge from my own boss. Mm. Still, I could not forgive this guy. Yeah. I mean, not a little bit. And yeah. I would go to work and I would have the same attitude, like I was going to be oppressed. Sure. And my new bosses and mm-hmm. coworkers would look at me like, why are you acting like that? We don't, we don't, we're not like that. Right. 
you know, you want to be a, you want me to treat you like an inferior? I can, but I don't want to. Right. It's not. That's not what we do. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 need to kind of like mm-hmm. wake up. Yeah. And I got and and slowly, uh, you know, I, I, and I'm still trying to mm-hmm. accept that. Right. And grow mm-hmm. and get rid of this grudge. Yeah. Which I still. Honestly, I'm still, it's a process I'm still going through. Well, sure. It is a process. It reminds me so much of, uh, you know, I grew up in um, not, not the bad part of Washington, D.C., but there were some rough areas, and it was just around the time that crack cocaine was getting into the city. And um, in junior high school, kids were getting their butts kicked left and right. You didn't want to go to the bathroom alone, and teachers had walkie-talkies. And my way of getting through junior high school was being silent, being sort of, you know, like the, almost like the dark night, you know, I'm just <laughs> going to, you know, don't say anything. I even had a hood on. I would have a hood like, um, like you would think of, what is that game? Um, I can't think of the game uh, where there's a guy who's just eternally wears a hood on. I'm you thinking, can't of, I'm thinking of Bert on soap when he'd like <laughs> snap his fingers and he'd say, I'm invisible now. Oh, so <laughs> wow. You're going way back. Going way back. <laughs> but in any case, I've gotten to Duke Ellington School of the Arts, which is a wonderful high school, like fame. It was a lot like fame. So and cool. and uh, my first year, I still had that attitude of the dark night. I'm going to wear a cape. And, I mean, not, you know, the, the thing. And, Where's your armor, huh? Yeah, the armor. And pe- and kids were like, hey, you know, we're trying to connect with you, and we're doing this scene, and we're, we're you know, exposing ourselves via art. And what are you doing? And I had to drop it. Now, of course, that's as a kid. I mean, uh, but you're absolutely right as an adult. The things that get us through the tough times in our, our youth are the things that we hold on to as adults. Yeah, and holding on to that stuff is just, it becomes, you become an, a professional yeah. at it. Yeah. You know, you become a professional at hanging on to that, you know, limb that you should just cut off. Right. And I know we keep using it as a gruesome metaphor, but hey, yeah. you know, I didn't write it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it is the Bible, and it is so, I mean, it reminds me of like a cancerous tumor. Or, yeah, I think of some guy, you know, in the war, you know, like, you're going to chop that leg off or something. Right, you know, right. Or you're going to die. Right, right, yeah. right exactly. But, uh, but again, we're, you know, we're talking about not the act of forgiveness, how to forgive. Right. We're talking about what happens, you know, if you don't. Right. And... And I think that's what's really interesting because this creates the dialogue for this. Right. This, all these parables mm-hmm. about, like, you know, the detriments of not forgiving. Right. And, of course, you know, Jesus says uh, in, uh, in Matthew 18, uh, verse 9, you know, it is better for you to enter life with one eye because you're ruining the other eye, than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. So we can say, well, if you don't forgive, then you're going to go to hell. But I, I think the, the alternative that I would focus on is if you don't, then you will continue to be hellish. You will continue yeah. to be this negative influence mm-hmm. focused on your hate yeah. and your grudges mm-hmm. than to be a forgiving person. Mm-hmm. So, And we also talked about the parallels of the, the, uh, the civil rights movement. This, yeah, we, we, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. Go, go ahead and share with that. Yeah, so you know when we were talking about forgiveness, um, I had mentioned that there are certain things that are easier to forgive than others. Like if someone you know ripped me off of five bucks, okay, well, that's hurtful thing, but I, I'll get over it. <laughs> but you know, there are a lot of people who are listening to this may say, well, there are things that have happened to me that I can never forgive and whatever. And I was talking about, let's say. 
400 years of slavery, 100 years of Jim Crow, and during the civil rights movement of the 1960s, uh, you had two factions of black people who looked upon forgiveness of, you know, the whites who were who were um, engaging in Jim Crow. Uh, two ways. You had Dr. King, who basically told um, the marchers, you know, the SCLC, the SNCC, core, everyone who was involved in the civil rights movement from a Christian perspective, turn the other cheek. Yes, we're going to march. We're going to do sit-ins. And you're going to be beaten. You're going to be spat on. You're going to be called nigger. But turn the other cheek. We're going to do this the Christian way, the way Christ wants us to do it. The way Gandhi, I learned from Gandhi, you know, when, when King learned from Gandhi. And, of course, you had Northern blacks, um, Stokely Carmichael, Rap Brown, Malcolm X, who's like, screw that, the ballad or the bullet, we're yeah. going we're gonna to kick your butt. You know, if you bring a knife, I'll bring a knife. And mm -hmm. that was the attitude that they had. Yeah. And um, so, you know, some may say, well, I can't forgive a white person for, you know, for being racist, you know, or like the Antifa, which happened, uh, I think, two weeks ago, uh, who, uh, who attacks Nazism. We'll, hit, we'll punch Nazis in the nose. Just hit them harder. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Fighting evil by, I will argue, being evil. Well, I but justified because everyone justifies their their what their actions. Well, I think you know, like I I, I and we talked about this, and I compared. Uh, you know, we we're talking about Peter's questioning and Peter's yeah, you know, impulsiveness. And right. Matthew, I think, is kind of using Peter as like a foil to mm -hmm. his stories here. Right. You know, as Peter being the Malcolm X to uh, to Martin Luther being a, a, <laughs> a different kind of saint. Sure, sure, uh, sure. And uh, uh, and. I would say, you know, you know, in comparison, Malcolm X was, you know, I see this aggression, and I, and to end this aggression, I need to match it, mm -hmm. you know, with the same, <coughs> you know, vigor. Yeah. And I think, and then, and then we'll get to the idea of, mm -hmm. you know, cooperation and what happens after that. But as far as what happens after that, I haven't prepared a, a summary of that. Right. And that's, the future is unwritten until this is sure. this problem solved. Sure. And I think Dr. King saw a world way beyond um, this simple, mm -hmm. um, you know, conflict. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't, uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to minimize it, but mm -hmm. I think he, the conflict, but I think he saw a unity mm -hmm. and a dignity yeah. for <coughs> people throughout the world people way on the other side of the world. Sure. Even though he was sitting in Alabama. Right. Um, I mean, I think he saw that as a strength to pull from. In mm -hmm. other words, looking back at this Matthew part yeah. about forgiveness and yeah. the fact that it talks about what happens if you don't mm -hmm. and not a real construct of how to, mm -hmm. Martin Luther put a lot of faith in that big idealistic how to. Right. And not very much faith in, um, in you know, hitting, hitting it head on. Sure. I think using, using that really big idea, mm -hmm. you know, that expansive idea, yeah. you know, made it much, much more powerful. And looking at the picture beyond this conflict, yeah, we're going to have this conflict, but what's beyond the conflict? Right. Let's grab for that. Right. Let's grab for that unity and dignity. Yeah. The quality of uh, you know of, of mercy, right? You know that the master 
you know, gave to him, right. the slave. Right, right. And it takes an optimism. It takes a belief. You have to believe that there is something wonderful that will happen on the other side or, you know, later. Um, one of the problems with people not letting go or not forgiving is that they're so focused on the pain. They don't think about life after the pain. Like, I had tooth surgery um, on Monday. No, it was Wednesday. And um, I saw that needle, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be painful. But I didn't think about how wonderful it will be after I get out of this chair and I have this thing removed from my body, which is the bad tooth. Um, and we, fo we focus on the pain so much that we don't think about We don't have the optimism. Oh, I don't want to forgive my dad. I don't want to forgive my, you know, I don't know, my wife that cheated on me or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, not thinking about once I let this go and once I move on, move away from this thing, how wonderful life will be because I'm not blinded by my anger. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what it is. I mean, that's why we hold on to these things. Yeah, I think people with addiction kind of understand these sure. things. Like it's it, the, the bigger picture is the harder one to grasp because it's not the one you see every day. Right. You know, the yeah. one you see every day is the difficult one. Sure. <laughs> if you have something right in front of your face, you can't see the sun because there's something blocking it. Yeah. No, but if you stay there, it will always block you. If you, you got to move. Or you have one eye that's failed and the other eye focuses. Right. You know, you've got to find the. You've got to shut the eye that's failing, or pull it out in this case. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. And so that you can have the focus to see, you know, to see the beauty of things. Yeah. To get back into, um, here's some context as to what Jesus is doing, because it's very clear that Jesus is preparing the disciples for his departure. In 17, Matthew 17, we have the Transfiguration, where uh, Jesus. Um, he goes on a mountain. Uh, here, let me uh, pull it here. After six days, Jesus after after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led him up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. That's mm -hmm. 17 uh, one. Through three, but so we you, you know Jesus meets with um, the spiritual manifestation of Moses and Elijah. Mm -hmm. Peter afterwards says, "I thought that Elijah was going to come before you," and you know Jesus says, "Well, actually, he did, but no one recognized him." And Peter recognized what Jesus was saying was uh, the John the, John the Baptist mm -hmm. that people did not recognize him as being uh, Elijah. And then he goes into the healing. Uh, then in verse fourteen. In chapter 17, verse 14 of Matthew, he talks about the healing of the boy with a demon. So these people come to the disciples to say, oh, my God, my child has a demon inside of him. The disciples try to heal the boy, but they can't. And Jesus does. And Jesus is a little frustrated. And he says, ye of little faith, and if you had faith like a mustard seed, then you could do the same thing that I do. Immediately after that, he talks about, you know, I'm going to die. Someone's going to kill me. In three days, I'll rise up, and the disciples are, are uh, burdened. And I, and I say to myself, what's what's happening here? You know, he's building all of this stuff up. We have the transfiguration. Mm -hmm. We have the boy being healed and Jesus chastising them about their faith. And he's done that more than once. Mm -hmm. Like even when, you know, Peter sank, Peter walked on the water, and then he sank. Mm -hmm. And J Jesus says, hey, you have to have faith. You have to believe. Yeah. 
And then immediately after this, Peter. yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> Peter's getting beat up on, but he's the one who's taking all the chances. He is. He's putting himself out there. Right. Exactly. That's true. And he's probably learning the lessons a lot faster. Right. You right. Know? Exactly. I mean, no, no, none of the other disciples yeah. are doing that. Yeah. And then in 1724, we have the, the, the tax man that comes and asks, hey, is, is Jesus paying taxes? And Jesus basically says, well, you know, uh, I'll actually read the verse. I think it's uh, 20, 24. And Jesus and the disciples arrived in Capernaum. The collectors of the two drachma tax came to Peter and asked, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, he replied. When Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon, he asked. From whom do the king of the earth collect duty and taxes? From their own sons or from others? From others, Peter answered. Then the sons are exempt, Jesus said to him. But so that we may not offend them, go to the lake and throw out your line, take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And that's 24, I'm sorry, uh, uh, 17 verse 24 through uh, the end. Mm-hmm. That's uh, 27. Yeah. And so, you know, okay, so we have the, um, the transfiguration. And then we have the uh, the boy uh, who's healed by Jesus, and then we have the tax, and then immediately after that we get to the the greatest king. Then we enter into eighteen. It sounds like you know Jesus is like, okay, so I'm giving you these three things. This is preparation for what's going to happen when I'm gone. Are you guys prepared? I think that's why he's making these lessons that he's teaching Peter and the others complicated. You know. That's, you said he's screwing with them. He is screwing them with them, but he's giving a lot of information, and it, you know, and it's all, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a bunch of different things. It's not just one thing, but it, but here I think you know we, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and sure pull it back together. He said like uh, two or three of you get together mm-hmm. and decide something, right? You know, I'm with you. Yeah, and I didn't say what you decide. Right, you could be planning, you know, a coup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but uh, or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I think the what what's being expressed is mm-hmm. like you know, if you need, if you need to get something done, yeah, you got to all you. Just all I'm asking is a couple folks, yeah. you know, just to start it, yeah. You know, and you're you're referring to Matthew eighteen fifteen, right? Yeah, eighteen fifteen. But then you know, in, in eighteen Matthew yeah. uh, uh, chapter eighteen verse eighteen, yeah. Because I assure you that whatever you fasten on earth will be fastened in heaven, and whatever you loosen on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I think that reminds me a bit of the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Um, and those of you familiar with the Lord's Prayer, where um, um, on earth as it, as is, it is in heaven, as, right. is, as it is in heaven. Yeah, that's right. And I think what what he's telling them in in mm-hmm. in regards, it's like, you know. I'm not going to be on earth. Right. So if who's going to do it except you? Right. Who's who's going to save the earth? Right. Except you. Right. That's it. Yep. And then whatever and and whatever you mm-hmm. bind yourself to. Yeah. I think of it like a muscle. Like I need a massage. Yeah. I need a massage so bad, I'm so tight, I can't move. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm all mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Or you can look at it as a working of the muscles. Oh, like, yeah. listen, you know, you, you need to prepare yourself for the heavy lifting. Yeah. 
yeah. of, of being going out there and teaching yeah. my word. Do some, do some squats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? and, and I think about it. I mean, ne- neither of us have children, but um, imagine if you had a child and you knew you, you were on your deathbed. And you could get mushy, mushy, I love you, and all that stuff. But I would think that I would be teaching my child as much as I, I can before I leave to make sure he or she is prepared mm-hmm. to to move on. Yeah. And I think Jesus is doing that too. Yeah. Yeah. It must be, you know, I guess I can see it in the Old Testament because, mm-hmm. you know, we were looking at the Old Testament last week. Yeah. It must have been so frustrating, you know, yeah. for... for for God to look and disagree with his children. Yeah. And just like, oh, my gosh, I'm disagreeing with you again and right, again. Right, right, right. And again and again. And I think here, when mm-hmm. we look at the New Testament, we sort of see, like, like you you know, talking about that kid who was, you know, half his age, mm-hmm. you know, when he, when he made this decision. And yeah. then, you know, mm-hmm. 12 years later, a different young man with a different point of view, That's and exactly I kind of right. like look at the mm-hmm. the New Testament a little bit like that. It's yeah. like, yeah, that was real, but now I have the maturity to kind of like mm-hmm. make sense of those things, make sense of that perplexity, you know. And, and, right. and I think the the reason why we're we're talking about it in, a, in a Christian lens mm-hmm. and, and what makes us that way, right. I mean, you and I. Yeah, it's not it's not whether or not we you know we disagree or fight or are hurt. Right. But how we go about addressing and mm-hmm. resolving the issues because you know mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Right. Disagreements. It's going to happen. Grudges. Right. And they can hang on for how mm-hmm. long? Yeah. Years and years. Yeah. And and you focus. And they're destructive. Exactly. Yeah. And we we talked during breakfast. <laughs> The complexities of conversation, you know, it can't be a simple thing. Forgiving someone is, is not as simple as, okay, I forgive you. You had talked about how I think in your church or in other churches, um, if two people within the church don't forgive each other for whatever grudge it is, mm-hmm. they don't take communion. Well, I think de- you were yeah, taking the denied, denied communion. Right. You know, I mean, you know, sort of like, you know, here, like a little punishment. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know, the... I don't know if those familiar with the communion you take. The, you know, it's called the, the sacrament, and you know the the blood and the mm-hmm. like. The Last Supper, the wine and the mm-hmm. and the bread, is, you know, becomes miraculously Christ's. Yeah, yeah. You know, flesh and blood, <coughs> and uh, and and you take it and eat it mm-hmm. in, in order to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that Christ was here on earth, and, right, and that your right. sins are forgiven. Yeah, <coughs> and and. Uh, Denying the sacrament is a way of denying uh, forgiveness yeah. from the church, and uh, what's well, kind of it's kind of hard to get forgiveness if you're not giving it to one another. So, well, the, sure, so well, the, it, it, it relates directly to that verse, that verse that we read. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's, about diffi- it's, it's difficult, you know, mm-hmm. to to really receive. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness until you yeah. forgive others. He didn't understand the quality of mercy that was granted him, or he didn't right. accept it. Right. He didn't accept forgiveness, and therefore he did not grant it. Right. And that's that was the miss out. I mean, you know, we're not we're not free. Right. You know, we're not free from each other. We are we're free in each other. Right. And I think that you know, if, if two or three of us get together mm-hmm. and. and we can, you know, we can experience that, right? You know that 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 lifting, that mm-hmm. relaxing of that muscle. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, 
And, and when I think about like my own personal experience with my mom, it wasn't just me saying, mom, I forgive you, but me understanding her. Like I talked about me being the same age when I forgave her, when she was going through, you know, the troubles and uh, when she was the same age where she was disciplining me, um, I had to understand this is who she was. You have to understand your, if, if you want to call it your enemy or the person who you have a grudge with. Do you understand who they are? A lot of times, I say 80% of the time of people who have pissed me off didn't directly want to piss me off. That wasn't their purpose. Mm -hmm. Either they're so focused in their own lives that I became, you know, what do they call collateral damage or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they did deliberately want to hurt me, but it's simply a fruit from the tree of what they're going through in their lives. Like, my mom was abused. Mm. So she was abused by her parents. It was the only way that she knew how. And I understand that. To react to difficult situations. Exactly. Or whatever, yeah. 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 So, and that's the thing of forgiveness. I mean, it can't be as simple as, okay, I forgive you. No, it's a process. Right. Like I said, I'm still going through mine. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've, you've made, you've closed that chapter. We're just kind of <laughs> nice, you know, on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. <coughs> but I'm learning mm -hmm. uh, much faster. I mean, I, being exposed, like I said, being yeah. exposed to these people who are looking at my mm -hmm. antique behavior, yeah. which, you know, was a reaction to mm -hmm. this situation yeah. to me. Probably not the best reaction because I stayed yeah. in the situation. Was that your personal story, the mm -hmm. boss? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but um, but but the reaction of others going like, you know, that that crap doesn't work here, sir. Sure. It was like like you know like you taking off your Batman cape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you had you know. Yeah. You had to be exposed. Right. You call it hitting rock bottom. I call it being stripped bare. Sure. And uh, and show you know shown. Mm -hmm. You know, explicitly, like, doesn't work anymore, sir. Right. You you can't go around with your tail between your legs yeah. here and expect us to mm -hmm. put up with that. And here's the thing. You don't have to hit rock bottom. I mean, it's the saddest thing in the world is when someone has to be on the street homeless or... Um, or, or just strung out and addicted or whatever. Right. Or, you know, I, I have friends of mine uh, who have been uh, hoarders. You know, they just, they just collect, you know, so many stuff and uh, their house just gets so full. And uh, it's only at the, the very, very end. And look how much time you've wasted. Look how much time of your life that's that you could have. That's had. the way I look at it. I look yeah. at it, you know, especially when you get to be my age. You know, yeah. you, you start to understand. Like I was saying, um, changing one's point of view, the pain becomes something you're used to. So the changing part seems like, hmm, why? It's just it's a part of me now. It's who I am. Mm -hmm. But also. Uh, you know, and and so and and so is the kind of time and mm -hmm. energy it takes yeah. away from the good things you want to do. Yeah. So I look at it as as, as far as a very practical kind of thing. How much time and my and energy am I wasting here? Right. Exactly. As opposed to do you really doing something that's you know enjoyable exactly. and, and beneficial. <laughs> you know. I mean, God has given you a wonderful life. Live a wonderful life. Don't spend sixty years on a grudge. Please don't do what. Don't do what I did. Right. Right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, there there are folks who go to their dying deathbeds, and then they're like, "Okay, now's the time to ask for forgiveness." <laughs> I mean, and I realize, yeah, this is a good. This seems very timely. Right <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sure, it's wonderful if you know to get to that stage. But for goodness' sake, get there earlier. Why not? Yeah. Be glad you did. Um, <clears throat> and of course, we're here to find out exactly the how. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of I, – I think that's an individual thing. I, I, it's hard to prescribe that. Yeah. I think in Matthew here it just kind of says like, well, you know, here's why, here, here, here's why, you, why you should. Yeah. But there's not a how. And, sure. I know. mean, it gets into psychology. I mean, you know, there, there are lots of people who uh, some – you know, maybe some on this podcast will expect us to say, well, you got to go to church. I mean, if, if church is the thing, that's that's fine. Uh, if you feel a psychology, if you feel it's just picking up that phone and calling that person uh, for and asking for forgiveness or at least starting the conversation, that's the thing. I think my key is start it, whatever it is. Well, you know, yeah, well, we, you know, we got to think we got to think about this, you know, that mm-hmm. and. That's why I say, you know, Christ is just messing with his disciples mm-hmm. in Matthew. But <laughs> disciples, you know, you're discipline, mm-hmm. to be disciplined, to, sure. to dole out discipline. Sure. I mean, that's kind of, we're all, mm-hmm. and, and to have a discipline. Mm-hmm. A discipline is something that you strive for, something that you work on. Right. And, you know, we can, you, you and I could be called to do this right now, mm-hmm. like like we feel. Yeah. You know, we're kind of like feeling a little calling here. That's right. That's wanna, right. Well, that's why we're here. We want to we want to delve into the Bible. We want it to reach us. We want it to reach other people. We, right. We, you know, mm-hmm. if it's if it's at all acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is not an end to the different kinds of sacrifice. Yeah. When you have a child, you raise that child. That's a sacrifice. <coughs> right. Um, that's a ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's different kinds of ministry, you mm-hmm. know, to go out in the world. There's, you know, there's the Christian ones, and there's the other ones, and you know, being in, being involved, right? You know, and living, you know, in, in, in these difficult times, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it requires discipline. You got to go to the gym. That's right. You, know? you got to work. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, yeah. You know. You know. You. You, you know. You got to. Mm-hmm. You got to stay healthy. Yeah. And uh, and and we. We can look for any way. We can mm-hmm. seek any way to care for one another. Yeah. And I tell you, holding on to a grudge is the easy way out. Forgiving is the hard way. I remember someone was telling me, when you smile, you use muscle. But when you frown, you don't really use anything at all. So it's, it's, it's a muscle. You have to work it to, um, to, to, to make that effort to forgive. To have a conversation, a deep conversation. You and I were talking about how some people are cordial and they smile and say, "Hi, how are you?" Mm-hmm. But they're not warm. They, yeah. they, you know, they. Yeah, so they give, they, they give you the hug where it's like. <laughs> they not pet hug. They yeah. feel the heat from their skin. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it might as well be a wallpaper. A wallpaper. I can look at a wallpaper of oh, a beautiful wallpaper. Besides this hug. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Instead of the warmth, you know, there, there's some kind and cordial people, but. They're not necessarily warm, and when we talk about forgiveness and having a real conversation with someone that you really need to connect to, it takes that effort. It takes discipline. I mean, someone who has offended you, Mm -hmm. someone who's injured you. Yeah. uh, You, you know, you have to work to forgive. That's right. But you have to have to be disciplined. Yeah. To be able to do that. Right. You know, that's 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 the hardest part. Sure. You know, it's easy to say, like, you know. Yeah, even if you feel you're the only one who's doing it, you may say, well, okay, I'm doing all the work, and what's yeah. the other person doing? I don't think you can focus on that. I mean, just focus on, you know, you, if you say, hey, listen, I did my due diligence. Mm-hmm. You know, if a mother fixes um, greens for their child, but the child doesn't want to eat it, mm-hmm. you did your job as a mother. I mean, obviously, you can force the child to eat, but. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, if you've done your due diligence, 
to ask for forgiveness and to try and to open up the dialogue or whatever. It goes back into the um, the uh, what's what, what's bound in you. Or? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah uh, or the verse just before that, where you, uh, if your brother sins against you, mm-hmm. and you um, go show him his fault, just between the two of you, if he listens, I'm not going to read the, the verse uh, again, but it basically says, you know, if you, you know, talk to your brother, mm-hmm. if that doesn't work, bring other people to talk to them, mm-hmm. if that doesn't work, then take them to the church, yeah. if that doesn't work, you did your due diligence. You, you, you did, yeah. you did, they're, you know, they're, they're going to hang out. Right. But I think, uh, <coughs> I think you know, getting back to like mm-hmm. the hard part of forgiveness, forgiving someone who's offended you or mm-hmm. injured you, you know, I think I think about that. What what is bound on earth will be bound, in heaven, right? You know, you know mm-hmm. for, for forever after, right? And what is loosed on earth, mm-hmm. your, if your heart is loosened, if yeah. you can loosen that, yeah, that tension, right? And it takes work, it takes thought, it takes effort, right? But if you loosen that tension, and I think when he's talking about when it being loosed in heaven, it's like experiencing that heaven right here on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be hurt inside right. and offended and injured right. inside right. from today mm-hmm. until the next day, yeah. until eternity. Yeah. Think about it in those terms. Right. And then once you loosen. Right. You have you don't you don't have to relearn that lesson, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I I think we talked about mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of times we I prep for this. Uh, uh, I, we have a Bible class that meets Wednesday and we prep mm-hmm. for it and we talk yeah. about it, this in relation to therapy mm-hmm. and uh, <coughs> how one-on-one therapy, talk therapy, yeah, is really it's it takes a long time to make. Um, discoveries and changes in your life with talk right. therapy because it's so slow. Yeah. You're one person mm-hmm. and the other person is not engaged in this conversation. They're merely a, 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 a witness yeah. to it. Yeah. And, but the efforts that you make yeah. are hard to reverse mm-hmm. if you genuinely... And, yeah. and I compared it to like learning to cook by reading a book as opposed to like getting a skillet and food. Right. <laughs> you can, you know, you yeah. can do it. Yeah. It just takes a takes yeah. a, a terribly long yeah. time. I and we're not talking about fast food that's sticking it in the microwave. No, no, you know, we're talking about real, real. We're talking food. about you know, fine cuisine. You know? Sure. So, but but I think you know here the guideline is is like you know grab people, get mm-hmm. them together. Yeah. Um, two people. Mm-hmm. Then three people. Yeah. If you you know you need to communicate mm-hmm. and engage with one another. Mm-hmm. In order to get this kind of work done quickly, sure, you know, uh, and to get it resolved. Yeah, and know. if you think about people who do hold on to grudges, they do isolate themselves. They don't want to congregate. That or whatever. seems to be a, a side effect, right? Yeah, I mean, when I think about the uh, the neo Nazis or whatever, yes, they have a group, but it's a real small group. I mean, you know, you don't hear about twenty thousand or thirty thousand. You know, neo-Nazis isn't like a group of 100 or something like right. that. They're people who deliberately isolate themselves from other people because they don't want any other idea. They don't want anyone to say, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that's a natural thing. And it, it, it takes honesty. I mean, when you talk about therapy and, um, and uh, you know, approaching a counselor, you have to be honest with yourself. You can lie to the counselor. Well, I'm okay. I'm I'm fine. It's just a small thing. Yeah, Someone else wanted me to come. Yeah, yeah. Um, See you next week. Here's another eight. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. 
But uh, if you're really honest, and you know, there are certain people who really do look in the mirror and say, I want to improve myself. Mm-hmm. There's something that I, that's holding me back. When we talk about, you know, cutting off the arm or the eye or, or whatever um, in, in the Bible verse to release that thing that's holding you back, if you think of it as a, um, a, a, um, an anchor that is holding you from your true potential, if you think about, gee, why haven't I succeeded in life? Why haven't I experienced the, the greatness? Why am I not married and with kids or you know, experiencing a loving relationship like other people or the job experience? Maybe it is that thing that you hold on to, which keeps people. I mean, you've met people in life where you could just tell there's a spirit inside of them that's that's just not right. Yeah, yeah, and it's tough. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's uh, it's tough to see it in yourself sometimes. Yeah, you talk about that person who kind of like, oh, hi, I like you, and you know, you know, they're not real. <laughs> right, right. And I, I, I guess I told you, you know, back in Texas, we call them uh, all hat, no cattle. Right. I mean, they, yeah. you know, I mean they're. You know, they make the appearances like I do forgive. Oh, I forgave them years ago. I've, I've totally forgiven that yeah. person. Yeah. And you, it's not. Tr- it hasn't happened. Right. Maybe they want to. Yeah. And I think they. I think by saying it, they think that it's actually occurred. Mm-hmm. I, well, I can say, I, "Hey, man, I forgave my boss. I'm done." Mm-hmm. No, man, he's still bugging me. <laughs> well, sure, <laughs> sure. He's still bugging me. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. Um, completely. I mean, I acknowledge it, and I'm mm-hmm. working towards it. Yeah. But, you know, and I think that's yeah. that's a step better. Maybe sure. I've made it to Chapter 7 on how to make a souffle. Yeah. Yeah. But at least you're asking the questions. At least you're asking. Maybe well, you'll ask yourself. Well, I, I, I reached out and, and uh, not only asked the questions to myself, but yeah. asked the questions to others. You yeah. know, and I think that, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, people need to congregate to solve these problems. You can do it individually. It just... It's mm-hmm. difficult. It takes time, and it, yeah. there's no guarantee. Yeah. But you you got it right. And I also wanted to add this addendum. I, I, there was a, a lady that I used to date, and she talked about how her father abused her, and um, we talked about closure. And um, she lamented that the father never, never, number one, never uh, asked for forgiveness, mm-hmm. and never even acknowledged that it even happened. Wow. And she was like, uh, "Well, you know, I guess," it, and I'm, and I'm like. What if you never get the closure? I mean, are you ever going to be healed within yourself if you never, because you want him to say, I'm sorry. But what if he never does? I mean, what are you going to do with that? I don't know. That's a, man, that's tough. I mm-hmm. haven't been put in those situations. I guess if I just, if I were that person, mm-hmm. I would think about what my life would have been like without the abuse at all. Yeah. And maybe that's how her father imagines her life to be. Mm-hmm. You know, well, perhaps if we just pretended it never happened at all, right? You'd be happy, right? And I'd be happy for you, sure. So why can't we just go to there, right? Exactly, you know, which, which of course exonerates, <laughs> exactly. You know. But then, but practically speaking, yeah, you know, it gets you out of A into mm-hmm. B, right? You know, it's. I mean, yeah. we're talking complete fantasy here, right? You know, it's totally not acknowledging the person who actually. Mm-hmm. Really felt this abuse, yeah. Like really, and and can't remove it from their memory. Sure, but I also think that let's say a moment happens in your life which really, really affects you in a negative way, almost like getting hit by a car or something like that. And of course, those moments can stay within you, within your your soul, your 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 whatever your memory mm-hmm. for years and years and years. I mean, people who deal with abuse, sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. 
it may have only happened one moment, mm-hmm. but they'll have years and years of, of, of psychology PTSD and therapy and PTSD and, yeah, and that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. And a lot of times it's someone holding on to the pain yeah. instead of just letting it go. It's a real pain, though. Yeah. I mean, it's a real pain. So we're not saying on this podcast, well, just let it go. No. I don't know. I mean, like I said, there's no prescription here yeah. in how to do it. Right. There's just the, look what happens when you don't. Exactly. There's the, the or else, yeah. The or, the or else. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's hard to create a, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to create yeah. a, a bunch of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, optimism about that, especially sure. when, you know, I know, you know, mm-hmm. I know. I know there are people in pain right now, all sure, the time, sure. in various degrees, and unrelenting. Yeah, you know, and go are people who don't even recognize their pain, like we were talking about. You just get used to it, right? Kind of thing, or it's just, well, I was abused. That's my life. Can't live it down, right? Uh, so I think all that we're saying to put a positive button on it, to start, mm-hmm. to take that first step into doing whatever you need to do to heal. Being bound Not means being bound forever. Being loosed means being loosed exactly, forever. Exactly. Um, there's yeah. a wonderful uh, there's a wonderful gospel that uh, song that says, take your burdens to the Lord mm-hmm. and leave it there. Yeah. I'm sure it's based on a Bible verse, but I don't know. Right. But it's a wonderful, um, and I think about that, just drop it and just leave it there. It's I know it's easy, easier said than done, mm-hmm. but it's so much easier when you can either hold on to pain or you can hold on to love. Uh, Reverend uh, uh, Justin had a great sermon last week, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the the act of baptism, how they re- I mean, totally immerse That's people right. in the water. And he he was talking about the, the formation of a of a caterpillar into a butterfly, mm-hmm. and <coughs> apparently through the stages. Yeah. In the pupa. Yeah. You know where the caterpillar is in that cocoon. Yeah. And all the enzymes, the entire metabolic structure of that mm-hmm. caterpillar mm-hmm. just becomes ooze. Yeah. It totally disintegrates. Wow. And then slowly reforms mm-hmm. through this process mm-hmm. inside the cocoon. If you were to come in and break that cocoon open, mm-hmm. that formation, that butterfly would not have the muscle power yeah. to fly because it needs to break out of that cocoon itself in order to have the strength to flap its wings. Yeah. In other words, this master plan, mm-hmm. whoever creator created this caterpillar, mm-hmm. which becomes a pupa, which yeah. becomes a cocoon, which yeah. becomes a butterfly, yeah. has it all planned out for itself. Right. Has all the enzymes, DNA, mm-hmm. Attitude, mm-hmm. strength within, yeah. potential strength, and to become, mm-hmm. you know, this butterfly. Yeah, it it doesn't require anything else. Right, and even if it takes a little bit of, you know, I'm not going to say pain or whatever to break through mm-hmm. that shell. It, it's it's a necessary thing. It's, it's a necessary, a, it's a necessary thing because it gives it the muscles to fly. Right. If you were to bust it open and say, "Hey, come out, come out, fly." It would just like limp along, right? Um, Which is an analogy for enabling, or an analogy for for a reason to be faithful, right? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the creator can do the, make this tiny little bug example yeah. in, in a bug. Yeah, just think, just think what the what he's got in store for you. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing, and of course, the water 
you know, the, the, the immersion, bat, the total immersion and cleansing. And the cleansing is, is, a, is a wonderful analogy. It's, it's I, I getting all those enzymes all mixed together, that goop all mixed together and ready yeah, to go. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it is, and when they talk about a lot of times, like, we can, we'll refer to this throughout, but when they yeah. talk about, you know, burning and, and burning and fire, it was, it, Back then, you know, they, they had different places in, in, mm. in the city where they threw all their garbage. Yeah. You know, <coughs> sort, of, sort of like we do it, in the, we just throw it in the ocean today. Well, they threw it in, you know, different places and they would burn it mm-hmm. in order to get, you know, to get rid of disease and, sure. and, and to, to, mm-hmm. to purify it. Right. You know, I, mean, I mean, fire came as a form of purification. Right. Uh, when somebody had a fire on their head, yeah. it, they were coal carriers. That's what it was a metaphor for, for mm-hmm. because they would ha- hold, you know, these buckets over their head, and they would hold the hot coals, and they'd bring the hot coals mm-hmm. to, you know, mm-hmm. people's ovens. Yeah. That's how they ate their food. And right. So to carry a, a, you know, a fire upon your head was mm-hmm. means you were giving warmth to everyone. Yeah. You were a coal carrier, giving, providing warmth to mm-hmm. every person. So a lot of these burning and, and, and hellfire <laughs> metaphors yeah. really deal more with the purification of the soul sure. and, and the, the changing yeah. of and the growth of one's spiritualness right. and, and, and are kind of directly having to do with that mm-hmm. and not about being you know, cast into right, exactly. damnation. Yeah, we talked about that in the last podcast, yeah. the burning bush. It's not necessarily a, a evil, you know, burning, you know, fire of hellstone, well, but were, it's, these it's were purification. Si- these yeah. were symbols of, of, of change, of, of change that was happening right right mm-hmm. in front of you. Change, mm-hmm. change that should you be, you know, listening and watching, mm-hmm. you, know, is, you, know, is, you know, is there. Yeah. 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 Uh, so to add a, add a button, uh, I just thought of one thing, and we've hit the uh, hour mark, a little over the hour mark. Uh-oh. But we're having a wonderful, wonderful time. <laughs> but I thought about an ex-girlfriend of mine. Um, she called me, um, this is years ago, after we had broken up. And uh, she said, you know, I just wanted to apologize for all of the, you know, the headache that I've given you. Mm-hmm. And I was puzzled, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, <laughs> I've, I've had wonderful memories. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> it had been burdening me that I thought that I'd really, really hurt you. I'm like... No. Ouch. <laughs> but it's funny how we think. You know, of, of course, there are, on the flip side of someone holding on to a grudge, there are other people who hold on to what they think is their burden of guilt. Well, sure. Um, and not, you know, if she had told me at the time that she thought that she had hurt me, oh, I'm sorry, I hurt you, I would have remembered what she did <laughs> and said, oh, well, I guess it's okay, or at least we'll talk about it or whatever. But yeah. clearly, when whatever happened happened, she chose not to talk about it, and we drifted apart. And, of course, I've had other experiences and things going on in life. And, and later on, she's like, oh, I just you know, hope that you forgive me. And I'm like, sure, that's fine, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know <laughs> what to talk about. It must have made her day, though. <laughs> I, I'm sure it made her day, but yeah. it's, it's you know, if, if there's a conflict, deal with it. You know, deal with it right then and there. Yeah. You know, uh, there's no reason to wait. No. Yeah. Well, the sooner, sooner the better. Yeah. So we should probably wind up? Yeah. Right. So uh, go ahead and lead us out into uh, prayer. Okay, this is a portion of it's a it's called a prayer for peace by saint francis of assisi mm-hmm. it's not written by saint francis of assisi it was mm-hmm. actually first appeared uh, i'm just going to read a portion of it first appeared um around world war one in a in a french i think catholic journal called uh la cliche or the little bell mm. anyway um nobody knows who really wrote it mm-hmm. um 
but here's a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood, as to understand, to be loved, as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. All right, my brother. Good to see you again. Absolutely. And uh, just a little last blurb. Uh, You can find the faith. I'm sure you're already listening to it, but you can tell others that you can find the faith on the uh, Apple Podcast app if you have an iPhone or an iPad. Just that um, the uh, podcast purple uh, icon, just click on that and search for You Gotta Have Faith. Uh, also, you can find You Gotta Have Faith on uh, SoundCloud.com if you have an Android app. Uh, you can just download SoundCloud and search for You Gotta Have Faith. And uh, that is it. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> and we are out.